Yo, welcome back to We're Podding This Together. This podcast is where we all guide you through those lovely Disney Channel original movies that you love or love to hate. I am Josh. I'm Lori. I'm Sammy. And this week we'll be taking a look at the classic DCOM Can of Worms from 1999. So, Can of Worms was one of those movies that I absolutely loved as a kid. I checked it out from Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. Shout out! Um, probably a million times. We probably spent more money renting that movie than it would have been to just buy the movie. But that being said, I totally forgot almost everything aside from the quirky alien characters. Rewatching this was interesting. Uh, yet again, I had not seen this previously. Uh, I saw it. I remembered nothing about it. And having watched this movie, I remember why I remembered nothing about it. So this movie stars a kid, Mike, who's a pretty typical computer nerd sort of guy. And he tells stories about basically kind of a Superman story where there was an alien family and the planet was in peril. So they sent off the little boy to Earth to be raised elsewhere and he didn't outright say that he believed that he was that child but I think it was implied that he believed it to some extent or wanted it to be true this movie also had a recurring actor who was Gilbert Adam Wiley yeah Gilbert I kept on having to make mental notes that his name was Nick in this because I kept oh there's Gilbert again anytime I would make notes it was pretty much the same character but I guess that's kind of what He's was he the same for. character? He seemed, like, much more put together than Gilbert. Well, Gilbert was also, like, probably three years younger, so this could feasibly be the grown-up version. Mm. He outgrew all of his fears after dealing with a mummy. And got messed up with another weird sci-fi fantasy of things coming alive and his whole world being torn apart. He went into the witness protection program after under wraps <laughs> and because the fake dead guy. <laughs> the mafia. Yeah, they were out to get him. Um, this also has Erica Christensen, who I thought she was a bigger deal. Like when this movie came out, I thought she was huge, but she has been in a huge ton of roles. Like she was in Parenthood, which I love. Parenthood, yeah, and even a ton before that. So we have another case of the actor having the same name as the character. Like in Xenon, Gregory was played by a Gregory, hmm. and here we have Mike and Michael and. Was that a happy coincidence, or do you think once they got to the set, they realized that their capacity for acting was limited by them having to pretend to be somebody else? I don't know. Maybe they did make it easier for the actors and just call them by their first name. So it starts out with that fake thing where he's kind of like sending a message to somewhere with a giant satellite. Then it flashes back to two weeks earlier. Two weeks earlier, it's Mike telling Jay, who we find out, I think, three quarters of the way through the movie, to Nick's younger brother, because there's just this random kid that keeps hanging out there. They tell the whole story of the baby being sent to Earth thing. The graphics were pretty cool. Did um? Do we think Mike drew those himself? Because he has some real artistic talent. I think it was supposed to be him. I mean, I've never seen a teenager with such great like artistic skill. I've seen, like skilled teenagers but it's very like rudimentary and that was just professional quality i mean maybe it's because he didn't make it up 
Um, but we learn a little bit more about Mike, and we see him on the football field. Woo. He does not do well. He gets an interception and then runs the wrong way. Yeah. And then gets knocked out. I think this is why I related to this movie when I was younger. I was like, yeah, I hate football. I don't want to be part of it. I I felt like I was that weird kid who like didn't do all the mainstream things. Yeah, I could definitely see this movie being good for kids who would rather like hide inside on their computer playing Neopets for 12 hours at a time rather than do anything outside or any sports. Um, I was a little concerned when his parents just showed up and they were like, oh, love you, and like walked away. Like, he could have a concussion. The parents in this movie only talked in like similes and metaphors and sayings, and they never actually... Parented? Yeah, they weren't people. They were kind of just billboards of parents, I think. It was so weird. And they were all so happy, like, all the time. It was, like, what you would expect Brink's parents would be like. Yeah. They were kind of, like, oh, NPCs, yeah. almost. Yeah. They were. They were. It was just so strange to me. Just, like, your son could have a concussion, and you're just like... Good job. And then they leave him there with his <laughs> tongue hanging out. I did love the sister, though. She was perfect. She was pretty great. He he has that flashback of or flashback. He has like this dream kind of sequence, and where he thinks someone's coming to steal his brain, yeah, or like steal his mind or something. Which was my first clue into thinking that he might not be <gasps> entirely mentally healthy. Oh, probably from all the football hmm. concussions. Probably. I don't, the aliens are actually like legitimately scary, though. Oh gosh, yeah. They were really creative with the aliens. Did anyone else think it was a little weird that they had this giant voice-controlled satellite in their backyard? It didn't... Uh, yeah, they didn't really... It was something to do... I think maybe they had family in Germany or something. Or it was all that money the dad was making on AT&T stocks. <laughs> well, the part where he was checking his stocks and then all of a sudden a pig showed up on the computer. I, he was like, oh, I had to do something with the RAM and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't yeah, understand. Like, so it adds a pig graphic? Yeah. Well, and if anything, pig the graphics. pig graphic with it like moving around and stuff would take up more memory than the just graph. Yeah, the hacking computer stuff in this didn't really make any sense. No. And it was kind of half-baked. They didn't really – they spent a lot of time on it for – pretty i don't know yeah so he gets to school and we kind of see more of those computer hacking skills that he has but at this point um caitlin walks in and she's the love interest of this movie and she decides not Ooh. to sit by the jock and she sits next to mike instead and then the jock pulls out a floppy disk puts it in the computer and then somehow uses that <laughs> to send a message to mike he presses one button and it automatically sends it to his computer. Yeah. And then Mike does something even more strange. He puts in his floppy disk. Ooh. And he <laughs> sends a message to the teacher, which I definitely did not understand as a kid why the teacher left the room. Yeah. I was super concerned that this kid was like instigating a lawsuit a sexual harassment lawsuit 
within the school. Like, yeah, that's so inappropriate. That the principal really wanted to see this teacher. He was really taking a risk that she'd be into that. This whole time, I really liked the music, though. There was kind of cowboyish country western music playing in the background, like they're about to have a duel. Oh my gosh. And it had like a little voice thing that was like, <laughs> the music was interesting for this whole movie. It was kind of like synthy and. It reminded me, I've been watching a lot of 90210, and it reminded me of, like, mid-90s dramatic television, like, guitar riffs. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. If you're into that stuff. Uh, Mike sends this message, and he ends up sending a photo or something to the whole class of the jock's face on a pig. And this is the part, they do this a lot in movies, where it'll be, like, somebody superimpose somebody else's face on a stupid animal or something of that sort and then it's supposed to destroy the other person's life or something and i just try to think about if i were in school and if that had happened i don't i think the kid who had sent it would be the one who'd be more kind of like oh that's that's weird that you took my picture and did that it'd be a lot of work to put someone else's face on the photo like you had to sit there and use a photo of my face thank you the late 90s had a very strange idea of how viruses worked. Yeah. <laughs> the boys go back to the treehouse, and at this point, Mike is telling another story about aliens. And the sister comes up into the treehouse and says, hey, there's a girl in your room. And they all like laugh about it, because why would she be there? And lo and behold, it's the head cheerleader who he's interested in. Woo. It was a really strange beat. Like, it took forever for him to just go to his room. Well, why? I don't... In nobody's house that I know ever, a stranger walks in, says, Hey, I need to talk to so-and-so. And the parents and the family say, Oh, okay, go up to his bedroom. We'll send him there. Like, I don't understand why she was in his room specifically. That was weird. Yeah. And then she proceeds to tell him that she's in charge of decorating for the Halloween dance and that she has no budget. So she wants him to do a super high tech decoration scheme, which would have cost significantly more than literally anything else. I don't know. Than a few streamers or something. Yeah, there's like hydraulics and everything. I don't know. I guess that's an okay plot point to like. I guess that's a good reason to be there. She wanted something different for the dance. Yeah, I guess if they just would have left out the budget line, because that's where it just seemed silly. Well, so, of course, he obliges, because that would mean spending time with Caitlin. He was very not subtle. Just, like, staring at her gaping like a fish. Well, and he had a very, like, nice guy attitude where he was just the whole time, like, you wouldn't like somebody like me sort of thing and kept apologizing for himself and, like, while they're hanging out saying, you wouldn't want to hang out with me and just complaining the whole time. And she was so straightforward, like, I enjoy spending time with you. Which he responded to and with whining. Like, it's kind of a thing where the whole thing was he felt out of place everywhere and made sure everybody was super uncomfortable around him because of it which then isolated him more like yeah it seems to me like he was try he was going out of his way to be isolated I definitely he seemed like he has a really cool friend gilbert and <laughs> this like head cheerleader who's clearly interested in him his parents seem a little loopy but neat like the only real 
thing that made him seem like he wasn't um, totally involved is the football thing. And I feel like maybe if his dad had just been like, okay, football's not your thing. We'll really invest in your interest in computers. Then he wasn't that much of an outcast. No, maybe he like the answer, like football. if his dad had been like, you're really good with math and computers. Would you like to help me set up a fantasy football team? Problem solved. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That's what bothered me. He was, why push football on your kid? Who's like, obviously a genius at computers and, at concussions and at creating computers and satellites that send messages to space i think the real solution would be to swap brink's dad and mike's dad like parents because brink's parents man if like brink had them as parents and they are the whole time just like yeah great job go do sports stuff and then like um mike had a dad who would just be like i'm sure glad you're not happy son this is great (laughs) Keep thinking you're from another planet. At least he's not happy. Well, we get a wonderful montage of them putting together this dance, which apparently is just the two of them. No other people are helping. Or adults. Or adults. They get to run through the school and pick up all of the leftover technology and projectors and lights. I like the part where they were like scooping out the basketball court almost said field um and like there was an actual practice going on and they're just walking through the middle of court no concern whatsoever for these other kids yeah a little oblivious so it's pretty obvious that caitlin and mike are kind of getting together not not getting together but getting along and she asks to hear one of his stories that he's so well known for at this point, the jock, whose name I fail to remember constantly. Um, Schneider? Up, what was it? Schneider? Yeah. I could be making that up. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the jock shows up and invites her to dinner. She asks Mike if he'd like to go. He doesn't want to go because whatever. Um, and then Mike and Caitlin go off to dinner, at which point the jock breaks in to sabotage. I think the jock is actually like probably just as apt at computer stuff as mike because he somehow undermines all of the decorations yeah them arguing was the first time i really thought hmm i don't know if i actually like this mike character he was overly aggressive yeah like he could have prevented all of these like arguing and he, he kind of like brought it on himself I don't know that we ever really saw any real bullying beforehand that would have made it reasonable for him to be so mean to the jock <clears throat> kid, other than just him being a jock. When it wasn't limited yeah. to just the jock, it was literally every interaction he had with anybody. He was just very defeatist and self-deprecating and icky. But this weird cheerleader who has a thing for super nerdy weird guys goes and sits next to him and they're like hooking up. <laughs> she was straight up like, I would like to take a break from this. And he's like, and do what? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I thought they were going to kiss at one point. I thought there were so several too. Points, yeah. He was super oblivious. Well, even at the dance, like they get to go together. And okay, he is soldering his cummerbund. I don't know what a cummerbund <laughs> is. But I feel like it it's doesn't like a, need to be soldered. It's like a fabric belt for like a, 
a tuxedo. A tuxedo. So is there any? He was soldering. Yeah, he was soldering lights into it. So oh, like, okay. Li- I missed. Li- I didn't. Up. I saw the lights on his suit, but I didn't know what a cummerbund was. So I didn't know that's like. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> Yeah, the sister was like, he was like, uh, are the lights too much? And she's like, definitely. And he's like, great, and puts it on. <laughs> Caitlin and Mike go to the dance together, and she asks, she like wants to make sure they can get a dance in. So he sets up the whole decoration scheme. I guess he's also the DJ, is what we're to take from this. Um, so it can autopilot, and this is what the jock had sabotaged. And Mike really, like, freaks out. <laughs> like, the scene was great. I thought the display was really cool, though. It was. Like, it was... If someone did that in my high school, it'd be awesome. Did you catch any of the lyrics to the song that was playing during this scene, though? It's like, all alone, and I'm bad to the bone. We're better together. Two birds of a feather. There's definitely some, like, cheap, knockoff, rap-type music. And there was, like, that flying thing, like... That would like it almost hit somehow... somebody. <laughs> yeah, it only hit people after the machine was sabotaged. Um, so this is another point. Uh, like he runs out and he just it goes in really slow motion, and he just panics, and everybody else is kind of standing there waiting to see what's going to happen, and he freaks <sighs> out, grabs his he stuff, and just leaves. A full panic attack. I mean, granted, he did get sprayed in the face with a fire extinguisher by the. The teacher that he sent a weird message to, <laughs> Caitlin was right there and she was like trying to console him like, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, they could have just played music from a boom box and it'd be the same thing, really. At other points where it was him bringing embarrassed, like nobody cared. And he was trying to make it this big earth shattering, his life is over thing. Everybody is going to blame him and know it's his fault when clearly mm-hmm. it wasn't. To kind of reach out and get away from this horrible planet that's torturing him, he sets up this rig to the satellite to send a message to anyone out there. Yeah, this is actually back to where we started. So we're at the beginning now, where it flashbacks. So all this takes place over the course of two weeks. He sends out a message that says something like... Uh, I'm all alone in this world. Earth sucks. Come save me. Yeah, and he was saying he was being held captive and like, uh, yeah. It was really overdramatic. And the satellite gets Very fried. So no more Oktoberfest yeah. from Alm. Oh. Can you guys, I, I don't know, like as much as he was being dramatic, I kind of understand how he was feeling. I mean, I've definitely had those days when I was, like, 14 or 15 where I was like, get me out of here. This place sucks. I just want to move somewhere else. And, like, what did you, was there something you guys did when you were, like, that age when you felt like everything sucked? I mostly listened to shitty pop punk. Yeah, yeah. I read a whole bunch. I guess I didn't do anything dramatic. <laughs> when I was younger, I would run away from home, like run away, like you leave a across, note and hide under your bed. The street, yeah, something <laughs> like that. When I was a teenager, I didn't really do like. I got attitude with my parents occasionally, but it was never like I want to leave this place forever. I'm you going never to contact blew up a satellite. <laughs> I'm going to contact any alien planets out there and maybe hope that their life is better than 
Earth. Because that's the thing. He has no idea what other alien life is like. Yeah, just kind of what he thinks he knows. Mike goes back to the treehouse, as he does so many times in this movie. And at this point, there's a dog. And this is where I was really not feeling this movie and was also trying to not compare it entirely to my lucky dog or you lucky dog. But then there's a dog and the dog can communicate with him and pretty, man. The dog was super cute, though. It really was. Yeah, except for the weird talking lips. It looked like something out of Spy Kids. It kind of did. gadget, yeah. And Mike is just supposed to trust that. He's telling the truth about everything. Which he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's just kind of like, um, this isn't real. You're not real. None of this is real. And Barnabas is like, you have to listen to me because other people are going to come for you and they're not going to be as cool as I am. And Mike is just like, I'm out, bye, and goes to his room where we find another alien. I think this is the point where I was at first I was kind of okay he actually believes he's from a different planet etc and this is where I was like no he was just being over dramatic about how weird he felt because he sees these and he's like oh obviously this isn't true whereas if he were as committed to his alien theory as he was pretending to be he would have been like okay finally you're here yeah I feel like if he's committed enough to like make some desperate plea to the galaxy to come save him he should be be committed enough to believe when an alien actually shows up to save him. It was just kind of inconsistent in his uh, beliefs. But the next alien was super cool, and I actually was laughing really hard at this whole part. Yeah, the lawyer. Which, I'm not entirely sure what him being a lawyer had to do with anything. What was his intention? He said uh, he was going to help him sue Earth. Because, like, Earth was keeping him captive against his will and torturing him and doing inhumane things. He's like, this is an easy open-shut case. Like, we're going to sue Earth. Um, yeah. Because who would be Who would be financially responsible in that case? Um, if, I, okay. if the galaxy were to win. Well, okay. As far as I see it, it was <laughs> since... Uh, Mike made this call and he supposedly made the earth non-protective because they're, they were considered a primitive race. Mm -hmm. So now that they're not a primitive race, they would be considered like part of the galactic union or something. And they would have their own representation. So it'd be Mike versus earth representatives or something maybe who's the representative maybe there's a secret earth president yeah maybe something like that like if there's different categories and stuff you could assume that there's like a un of planets maybe but is earth aware of that like if they're only just now getting elevated to the status is there anybody on earth who's aware that like they are now responsible for earth as a whole no i think this is like the lowest of the low. Like, this is the spam folder of aliens coming to see Mike. Yeah, I actually made note of that, too, where it was like, if they're not protected, it's just the equivalent of a pop-up ad blocker being turned off. Where it's... Especially in a world where portals can just open up anywhere and anyone can come into your house. (laughs) Yeah, because we get the lawyer. We get kind of an agent... We get what's, I think, meant to be, like, a sex alien. 
It's basically everything that's a pop-up ad, a short of a gambling like you've won. There's hot singles in your area. Caitlin calls while the weird, squishy TV agent thing is on. He's making atrocious noises and eating Mike's oh dinner. Oh, lord. Oh. <laughs> it was so gross. He's like, and then he releases gas and stuff. Ugh. And so Caitlin hears that over the phone and thinks that he's, I, like, I don't know what she thought he was doing. It was like. <laughs> I don't know that she heard the alien noises, but Mike was reacting the whole time. Like, oh, disgusting. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Instead of just being like, hey, Caitlin, I'm in the middle of something. Can I call you back? Yeah. And that conversation <laughs> went on a little too long. Like, Way if that had long. happened once, instead he does that, oh, like, ten times. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, he I'm, has I'm, to know that, like, I mean, Caitlin is audibly upset at this point. Like, Mike, I don't feel like you're listening to me. She's being very mature and communicative of her emotions. And Mike is just like, ugh, disgusting. No, no, Caitlin, not you. Ugh, so gross. <laughs> oh, Caitlin, no, it's not about you. Ugh, like, oh my god. <laughs> uh. There's an easy way to just be like, Caitlin. I'm in the middle of something. I would really like to talk to you. Can I call you back in like five minutes? Mm -hmm. Instead, he has this horrible conversation with her and decides to go creep at her house and stand behind a tree. <laughs> While yelling at her. And he tries to make things right, but it goes even more wrong when the cute little alien pops up. That alien, it looks like... It's wearing shoes and has very long eyes. It's like it's a blob with shoes stuck to the bottom. There's no legs. And then like really long eye stalks. Adorable. Ten out of ten. What date? <laughs> <laughs> His lips weren't bad either. <laughs> they all had magnificent teeth in this. They really did. It was they kind did. of disturbing, actually. Very nice human teeth. They were, it's it, like whoever made the aliens were like, okay, we need to not make them so scary. We need to make them kind of look like people so kids won't be terrified. Just give them teeth. <laughs> like, the, uh, the, f the first weird alien, the lawyer who was eating disgustingly, um, looked like the weird thing from the Quiznos commercial. Oh my God. Yeah. At the time. Was it like that weird hand puppet thing? With teeth. Yeah, like yeah. it. It looked like um, weird body parts pasted together from a magazine, and had nothing oh, to do with sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, weird! This weird alien shows up and kind of keeps him from patching things up with Caitlin. He freezes her and then abducts him, but only like slightly behind her backyard, and then stands on him so he can talk to him. He stands on him. Yes. This alien pretty much just wanted to make a TV show out of his life or something. Yet again, we're back at the treehouse and Mike's buddy Nick comes in. And oh my god, this is when aliens. all of the aliens show up. Yeah. And they just very casually walk back to the house after this, which was really funny. So that, like they were obviously terrified and they just, like Nick was pretty calm. Caitlin shows up to yell at him because she keeps giving him chances and he just keeps being a dummy. They get a warning that Thode... Is coming. Oh, yeah. 
all of the other little annoying aliens are like, oh god, we gotta get out of here. Ad block is coming. The ad block. Or something. Jay shows up, and this is where we find out that he's not just some random child that keeps hanging out at their house. He's actually Nick's little brother, and he gets abducted. Oh, yeah. He was just running to their house at night and climbs up to the treehouse and gets abducted by a long tongue thing. Because Thode is like Toad, because they were clever (gasps) with their naming. Oh, I got it. Um, so obviously they can't just let this poor kid be abducted and they decide, I guess we should try to like save him or something. And Barnabas is like the main help here. He's obviously dealt with like horrible situations like these before in his time. Oh gosh. So they send Nick over to go get the jock. He has the creepiest pig mask. This part was- He breaks into his house. Like, he's wearing a creepy pig mask and walks in on the sleeping kid and puts his hand over his- It was creepy. Not even- No. It was like clockwork orange. Like- Yeah, you don't do this. But the jock wakes up and he's fine. He, like, turns the light on. He's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) This again. (laughs) Getting hazed again by the football team. (laughs) Basically, they convince... What's his name? Shrebner? They convince him... Shrebner? I don't know. They convince him to be the bait for humanity. Because because he's he's the perfect human. Whoa. (laughs) So obviously the Thode will take him over anyone else. They're definitely not taking Mike... There you go, kids. That's the meaning in life. Be perfect. Be good at sport. Uh, we find out the Thode is capturing people to have kind of like a weird zoo museum thing. He calls it a sanctuary, which honestly, I kind of am not against it. They get immortality you know, just, and stuff. Yeah, and you have one of every creature. Like, I'm sure he has creatures who are from planets that are like now gone, you know? Like the Hensels. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that he killed all of them. They're on this giant museum ship thing, portal, homeworld of Thode. And uh, Mike ends up seeing the Hensels, which were his supposedly made-up characters that he felt like he belonged to. So does this mean he's really an alien? I don't think so. It's not explained how he knew all about alien life. I feel like that was another plot that it's yet again like a decom halfway bringing up something that it would have been a better movie without it there was no sure like it could have just been a kid that was into aliens and sent out a message for help because he felt out of place but the whole like weird potentially adopted thing just kind of left threads and it did it left very large questions it feels like they were setting it up for a sequel or something magically through this immensely crazy large museum of the entire galaxy and um they happen to find the uh earth earth display with their friends in there yeah Yeah. the third guy like turns himself into a human person and then chases them around for a while and turns into like another kind of alien and they trap him and steal the key from his chest. 
which yes. it was a very large key and seemed like the worst place to keep it. And then yeah. Mike knew exactly how to use it. Because he's or... actually an alien? Yeah, there's like a weird mark. telepathic moment between him and the Wenzel. Um, they all rush back out of this portal thing into back to Earth. But it's not over. Puppis, Barnaby, Barnabas calls the Popo. The cops are busy. They get a busy signal. And Barnabas is like, oh, I'll just try again. You you call them back while I try to get through. You know, it's a dangerous universe. The police are busy. Either way, this police character comes out. And this guy legit gave me nightmares when I was a kid. He has, like, a weird light-up head and, like, pointy ear things and... It was kind of terrifying. The Thode gets arrested pretty quick. All's well that ends well. All is well. No, I, first we have to watch more football. Oh, God. Thanks to oh, football yeah. again. He gets knocked over. They don't even tackle him. They just kind of knock him over really aggressively and then just leave him there and continue playing football elsewhere. I guess he decided that he likes football now or something. Is that what it was? Yeah, he liked being part of the, the team. I don't know. I was trying to understand, like, what the point of this movie was. Because it's like, he, so we have this kid who really wants to leave and who feels, like, out of place. And then all of this happens. And I guess, like, the crazy of it, craziness of it being realist, like, real forces him to realize how much he can appreciate where he is and, like, make the most of it. I just think it's ridiculous that that translates into him continuing football because you can be on teams for yeah. other stuff and you can find groups of people you actually identify with versus like yeah. football isn't the only team, Mike and I Mike's th parents. I thought the the lesson that should have been taught is that if you feel out of place, you should find your place with In with people with yeah, with like people. And instead it was just like force your way into something you don't enjoy. Yeah, and meet other people's expectations in your life solely for them. Just do yeah. what your parents want, because that's what you have to do. Because you don't have a choice. Your other choice is being an, an alien. Barnabas walks up and tells Mike that Earth has been demoted, so they don't have to deal with all the spam coming on, and that Fode's going to be in a penitentiary forever and the funny part about this is there's an entire football game going on but it's a really quiet football game and there's a dog coming up to somebody in front of probably a hundred people and talking to him for an extended amount of time and just nobody notices like and the dog who disappears into a dog kennel portal yeah so that was a can of worms I, that we opened that was a can of worms we i I don't remember why I loved this as a kid. I guess I was just drawn in by the crazy alien creatures. I would love to apologize to my parents for <laughs> watching this so many times. I now understand why you hated watching movies with me. Uh, for a decom rating, I'm giving it a three. The aliens were really endearing. They were fun. What would you guys rate it? Honestly, for a decom, I think four. Sammy? Um, I would give it, yeah, I think like a four, maybe a four and a half. I was just going to say it wasn't as bad as You Lucky Dog. It it had moments 
of an actual like I could see a good movie in there. It just really needed a good editing. Like somebody needed to look over that script first. I and I really thought the aliens were super creative. The plot line wasn't awful. It was just weird strands that didn't get tied up and the pacing was kind of off. I think we were like an hour into the movie when the alien showed up. Yeah. I can't describe like this doesn't feel like a Disney Channel movie to me. It feels like, like Hallmark certain, again. Feels Hallmarky. It feels just like I don't know. What what is that like certain thing about Disney Channel movies that like what vibe are they giving off that this isn't? Coming off of Xenon, I was realizing it relies a lot on the character building. Like on Xenon, we had parents who seemed like people. Xenon field field. Xenon felt like a real person. And Brink, Brink's dad was a person. Brink was a person. His friends were all people. And this one, it's really just Mike. And then everybody else is kind of a shadow of a person around Mike. Agreed. Yeah. I don't think Mike really changes. No. In this either. There's kids movies that are kids movies. And then there's kids movies that are kids movies, but still good. And this was good as a kids movie but not as a movie yeah time to put a lid on this can of worms yeah i think that's all from me too i got nothing else anyway thanks you guys for listening to this episode of we're potting this together next week we'll be discussing the 13th year so get your flippers on if you have any questions, comments, or memories of your favorite Disney Channel original movies, you can find us on social media or email us at potinthistogether at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review.